Hello, and uh, welcome to Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David Johnson. I'm joined by the Seeker. Uh, I am. I'm Dale, the Christian. Hi, uh, Dale, the Christian. And uh, today, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, a little thing I call, They'll Know We Are Christians. We're going to jump right in. So, uh, if you haven't read the blog, uh, please jump over and read the blog first. It is www.skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. And uh, you can send your emails at skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Or, uh, or leave a comment uh, on the comments as well. Oh, um, yeah. Leave a comment. Dale, <laughs> so I am not good at, at, at jumping into the comments and um, and uh, getting getting in the mix of things, but I see every comment. I read every comment that comes across. It comes in my email. When I have time, I'll go in there. But Dale is all over the comment section like a crazy person. So if you I, want I to, a, uh, I make an effort to yeah to you know to respect if I if I've got the time um, and someone leaves a comment yeah I, you know I just want to show show my respect that I respect the comment like and a I, crazy person. <laughs> I don't know if I can maintain that, but I, I try as best I can. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you want to get in there, and especially if you want to talk to Dale, Dale will talk to you. <laughs> If you leave a comment and you don't want to talk to Dale, Dale will still talk to you. So, um, and if you if you actually want me to comment, you could just call me out. I I read I see all of the comments, like I said, and I will uh, I will go in there and interact. So, uh, with that, they'll know uh, we are Christians. So there is a song uh, made popular by uh, Jars of Clay. And uh, the lyrics, uh, we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we know that our unity will one day be restored, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yeah, they'll know we are Christians by our love. You're probably familiar with that song. Um, I'm not actually, and just so you guys know, I will not be singing because, um, yeah, <laughs> so, I, I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> so Dale will be singing a rendition of John, uh, chapter three, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. Go for it. Um, no. Okay, <laughs> I'll just read. Um, in that in that passage, uh, says, "I'll give you a new commandment to love one another, just as I loved you." You also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples. If you love, excuse me, if you have love for one another, that's the passage. Um, I cry BS to, to both of these uh, bits of uh, literature. Uh, first in John, there is no way that anyone can know that you're a Christian by your love for one another. Uh, that, that just doesn't make any sense on any level to me. It, in fact, it didn't really make any sense to me when I was a Christian. It makes less to me uh, now that I'm not a Christian. And the idea that uh, we are one in the Spirit, uh, I note it in the article, in the lyrics to this song. So it, it, it says very emphatically, we are one in the Spirit, but then in the very next... Uh, line 
And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. So uh, there's an acknowledgement that, you know, maybe we want to be one in the spirit. Maybe we're supposed to be one in the spirit, but we're not actually one in the spirit. Uh, but but when that happens, when our unity is restored, then people will know we're Christians by our love. This is um, this is happy clappy nonsense, uh, and the problem it is illustrating is that from the very beginning of the Christian movement, there has been no way to really identify Christians. So you might look in in the New Testament, and you might draw for yourself an ideal candidate of what a Christian looks like, the type one, mark one Christian, but you would be wrong. The best you can do is come up with an image of what a Christian looks like from the perspective of the New Testament books. There were a lot of Christian documents. In fact, I would say there were a lot of Christianities in the same way that there were a lot of Judaisms. And so we have a type of Christianity that won the day the final analysis, but it wasn't the only type. It wasn't even necessarily the earliest type. Uh, and so it was impossible then to to really define what the real Christian was and the real doctrine was. And it was certainly impossible to do that based on unity. And so what I have done this week is put together a list uh, of things that Christians have tried to to say, yeah, if you if you have these things, then you can be easily identifiable as a real Christian. And I've explained why that doesn't work. So uh, we talked about by their love. You can't be you can't be identified as a real Christian by your love. If if for no other reason, Christians aren't the only people who love each other. So you can look at a uh, a hippie community, and you might mistake that for Christianity because you know there's a lot of a lot of free loving um, in that kind of community, um, or you might say, uh, by, "Sorry, sorry, all right, go ahead." I kill me. Uh, so you, <laughs> Dale, only wishes he could. So uh, you, you might say, uh, by their doctrine, uh, you can know that a person is a Christian. But if you're not a Christian, what on earth do you know about true Christian doctrine? There's so much this Christian doctrine, you can't even say, well, just focus on the essential doctrines. Because a non-Christian who, wasn't, who hasn't grown up in this stuff has no idea what an essential doctrine is. So they can't be expected to know Christians by their doctrine. Lots of people say they're Christians, and they all have doctrines, and they all point to the Bible for their doctrines. A non-Christian can't uh, possibly uh, know that, that a person is a Christian by their doctrine. Uh, by their faith. So are, are we to say that the one with the strongest faith, that's the one who's a Christian? Because arguably the one with the strongest faith is the one who uh, straps a bomb to their chest and blows up an abortion clinic. Uh, that person clearly has demonstrated a lot of faith that they are doing God's will and that they will go to heaven. Now, I would say that that person is bat shift crazy uh, for doing that and thinking that. But if you're just measuring the amount of faith you can see, oftentimes the person who demonstrates the most amount of faith is also the one demonstrating the most mental illness. You you cannot really distinguish uh, a great deal of faith uh, from mental illness. And I'm not saying that Christians are mentally ill. I'm just saying that it's indistinguishable. 
uh, to know a person who is faithful in something that is true and a person who is faithful in something that is false. So that's not something that we can use to uh, identify. So maybe we can know they're Christians by their fruits. And I would argue, no, can't even, uh, can't even know them by their fruits. And that's something that Jesus said, one of the fruitier things that Jesus said, I think. Uh, because uh, we have many atheists, uh, I, I, I can't, I'm sorry, many Christians who will acknowledge uh, on podcasts and in writing that there are many atheists who are more righteous in, in a pious kind of way than they are as far as good, clean living goes. M- many atheists have good fruits. I mean, the, you, you can hardly find better fruits uh, than, than humanists who act on their humanism. I mean, they're good people. But Christianity has never been about how good of a person you are. Uh, many Christians will tell you that. You're not judged on uh, you know, how many good works you do. Uh, so you, you can't really know them by their fruits. And in fact, many, many Christians that I know are, are drug addicts. They're, it's not that they don't want to be uh, clean, but they're not, and they can't. Um, so can I look at their fruits? And know that they're not Christians? No, we can't do that. We can't. We can't. Um, there's there's no way to sniff the fruit and know who is legit and who is not. Uh, and uh, I concluded uh, with uh, saying, "Lord, Lord," because at the end of the day, I think if you're a non-Christian, the only way that you can determine whether a Christian person is a Christian or not is whether they say they're a Christian, because that's all you have to go on. And even that's not good enough, uh, because Jesus himself makes it very clear that not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And you might think, oh, well, that's an identifier. But no, the passage goes on to identify some of the works that the person is doing. And one of those works is they're casting out demons. This is something that you would need the power of, of the Holy Spirit to be able to do. We, Jesus is envisioning a person who looks and acts and sounds so much like a Christian that he can access the power of the Holy Spirit to do only things that the Holy Spirit can do, and that person's still not a Christian. And so I would contend at the end of the day, there really is no way for the outsider to know who the Christian is. Now, that is the case that I made uh, in my article. I would, to go beyond my article just a little bit, I would go further and say, Christians can't even identify other Christians. And I would go even further and say that a person who is a Christian can't even fully identify whether they're a Christian. So um, I don't know if Dale wants to take any of those extra bits of bait up, but that is my case, and I turn it over to Dale. Okay, so okay, um, so yeah, this, this is an interesting topic because um, it's, it's more so about identifying Christians uh, sort of externally rather than uh, defining a set of, you know, proposition or, or a set of, um, you know, what is Christianity proper, as I've, I've tried to take before. And that that's usually where I'm used to, right? Like, I, I come up with my method of defining Christianity proper, and based on that, I can assess whether I myself am a Christian or not. Um, you know, I'm not good at, at judging others and saying, oh, this guy's a, a real Christian, this one's a fake. I so at the end of at the end of the day, I don't think we're in as bad of a state as David makes it sound. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to agree with him that we we don't have Christians and non-Christians 
will not have a infallible set of necessary and sufficient conditions to say absolutely certain this guy's a Christian, this guy's a fake. Um, but he, he does identify there are certain biblical indicators, let's call them. And I don't think that any one of these are meant to be exclusive. You know, but so he mentions through their love. Christians, there's that John chapter 13 verse that Christians will be identified through the demonstration of agape love uh, towards each other. Um, this isn't meant to be exhaustive. Obviously, non-Christians can act loving towards each other and that sort of thing. Um, but it is an indicator. I, I think if someone is acting hateful consistently towards people, then, yeah, you can say this this guy's probably not a Christian. So it's, it's a... It's not an exhaustive indicator that's infallibly says this guy's a Christian, this guy's not all the time, but it can be used as an indicator if we see a repeated pattern of an unloving nature. Um, okay, well, there's something wrong with it, with this one. This is something that raises red flags. Also, we have the doctrinal, and this is where I'm more at home. So this is, you know, we have a doctrine of Christianity proper. I, I think I've come up with a, a good way to come up with the essential doctrines um, of what it means to be a Christian, such as, you know, minimally defined as you believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, you believe that Jesus is God, um, you know, these sort of core Christian doctrines. Obviously, that entails you believe in the existence of God um, as well. That would be an essential doctrine. But... Um, or the atonement and that sort of thing. So the way, the method for coming up with the doctrine that I do uh, for defining Christianity is I allow the Bible, if there's an explicit verse that said, that links this doctrine is required for your salvation explicitly, there, there are explicit verses about that with regards to the resurrection, for example, or if it's implicit, um, so an, ex an example of that, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. It's in First John's First John, I think, chapter three somewhere. But there is a verse that mentions that okay, in order to be identified as someone, in order to be, to be saved, you need to live a Christ-like life. So on that token, I, you know, I, I said before, well, it, homosexuality is a sin. Um, that's that you know that's not an essential doctrine. But through implication, if if that verse says that you have to live a Christ a moral life to go to to go to heaven, a perfectly moral life or whatever, live like Christ as best you can, then by implication that could mean well I also have to believe this verse that homosexual homosexuality is a sin. That's also by implication an essential doctrine. So that this is my method of how I come up to define what Christianity proper is and. I can assess myself, at least, as to whether I'm living up to that or not, and each Christian can do likewise on an individual level. Now, here's the problem uh, that David's bringing up is, okay, well, how do I identify someone externally? And, you know, I, you, you can't. Again, it's not an infallible guide. Someone can say all the right words, um, but they're not, it, they don't mean it in their heart. And yeah, you, you might not be able to tell, or, or certainly an, an outsider, he wouldn't be able to tell if he's truly a Christian or not, or just saying all the right, you know, the right words. By their faith, this is, I'm not sure what, I don't think, uh, I don't think I buy this one as being biblical, by the strength of their faith, um, how how strong they believe. I, I have quite weak faith, and the Bible mentions Christians 
can have weak faith. It's obviously better to have a stronger faith. You know, I, I want to be 100%, have 100% knowledge that Christianity is true. I, I'm just not there, you know. Hopefully I'll grow and, and my the strength of my faith will get better. But that, that verse isn't, as far as I know, I don't even know what verse you're talking about, but I, I don't know of any verses that say, saying convinced your uh, Christianity is true, you're you're not a Christian or something like that. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how to. I'm not respond. I'm not pointing to any verse in particular. Um, I'm I'm just saying with faith as a metric as a requirement for Christianity, mm-hmm. it it might stand to reason for some that a stronger faith. Uh, is 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 a sign of a real Christian because Jesus chides his own disciples uh, about being ye of little faith, um, you know, and so he he um, he does put a higher level of faith at a uh, he places better. a premium on that. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's as I said, it's better. Um, it's it's not essential. Though. I mean, there are those. I think it's in Matthew somewhere, but, you know, I, I, I think I quoted this in my baptism speech, you know, like I'm, I'm at the fl- place where, you know, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. So geez, there is room within Christianity for people to have weaker faith uh, versus others that have a more mature or, or stronger faith. Right. right. But um, I mean, I think that you is, I think that you would agree that, um, that, Real Christians who represent the what the type one mark one Christian is for you t- to be an example for other people is a person with strong faith. Okay, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But it's it's just it's not it's not determinative of whether someone is a Christian or not. It's more how I guess how good of a Christian or how, you know like how. How sanctified is the person? Well, maybe, well, maybe but I don't know that you would call a person. I mean, I don't know that you would be willing to call a person a Christian who says, eh, you know, I don't I don't know if there's really a God. You know, I don't you know, maybe maybe you would call that person a Christian or not. You're you're at you're at 53 percent. I mean, you're, you're barely <laughs> you're barely tipping over half. But yeah. um, you, you don't have to chase that. Um, but, you know, if if a person is expressing doubts about things that you consider essentials, I mean, would you, would you say that that person is a Christian? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I, I, That's, like said, so there's no, my I, point. Yes, yes. So I myself have doubts about the essentials, right? If, I'm more than 53% now, but I'm when I converted, I gave the minimum 53%, right? So that means I'm, I have 47% doubts, even on the essential doctrines. But I think the the element of faith it's it's actionable faith and these are what other so sure but what about a person with thirteen percent? So that's not okay because my point was going to be that it's it's enough it's got to be actionable um, faith or trust you know faith means trust right you're you're so there is all I'm saying is there is a faith at it low enough so that you would say yeah that's you probably wouldn't want to look to that person for your Christian faith and this person with a stronger faith is maybe a better candidate for that yeah but the the interesting point though okay if someone's at 13 percent they they could be a Christian because they could be trusting in Jesus even now I think epistemically and rationally that person is wrong and they shouldn't place their faith in Christ. If you, if you think it's improbable that Christianity is true, 
uh, you sh- you shouldn't place your faith in, in those doctrines kind of thing. That uh, That's my thing. But it, I don't know. Maybe there's a Christian who's just not logical. And, oh, yeah, I'm only 13%, but I'm, I'm actually placing my faith in Jesus. Maybe they could be saved even though they're not con- logically consistent and, and going with what they think is actually true. If they... I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I would say just keep it simple. You, you sh- in order to place, in order for me to place my faith and trust in Jesus and act accordingly, I need it to be more probable than not. And I think that's the rational position to take. And that's. that's but you, you were expressing confusion over what Bible verse I was using. I was just trying to exp- to flesh out more fully uh, okay. what I okay. meant when I was saying that. So I wasn't pointing to a Bible verse per se, but I think there's enough biblical yeah. principle to to at least make what that's I'm better. saying you know understandable. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so then your your last thing is about the fruits, and uh, you know by this you have a true repentance. I'm going to throw that in as well because that's also necessary. And yeah, you 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 dedicate um, your life to living more Christ-like. I know you take issue with me saying that um, from our convos, but yeah, you I want to be better and live consistently with how my the more my morally perfect God uh, commands us to act like or sets an example. Um, so yeah, again. It, are Christians absolutely perfect? Are, are there um, do Christians sin? Of course, Paul Paul mentions that we continue to struggle with the flesh until you know for the rest of our lives while we're here. And there's this constant spiritual warfare. I think this is in Romans. You, you can tell me where set Romans seven, I think. Or, um, but yeah. So I myself, I mean, dear goodness, I I had comments with or interactions with people that. Honestly, I'm ashamed of. I sinned. I was not loving when I when I made some comments, or I wasn't, um, you know, exercising good fruit. Someone you might want to say, "Oh, see, you're not a Christian." And I know David doesn't do this. He he admits that no Christians can can sin. They don't have to be perfect upon conversion, but uh, there could be. You could identify some treat it as sort of like falsification things. If 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 someone's repeatedly obstinate in their sin, they know. That committing adultery is a sin. They say, "I don't care. I'm doing it anyways." That person's not a Christian. Um, it's a it's a falsification way, but it's not exhaustive on the positive end. Like, oh, well, Dale Dale sinned. He, he used a bad word or something like that, or he or he lied or whatever it is. Um, therefore, he's not a Christian, right? So, the point I want to get with all of this is that all of these indicators can be used to help identify, at least in some cases, that some people are or are not a Christian. Um, and are they infallible? Absolutely not. Uh, by the way, we also have the Holy Spirit, which I think helps play some kind of role in, you know, with acquaintance knowledge. You, you, you're acquainted with, you can kind of recognize um, to some extent, this is another. Th- Again, even that is not infallible. But you know, I, I think there are times where the Holy Spirit supplements these biblical indicators that we can use. So, yeah, this is the best um, I think I can do in terms of me identifying outsiders. Like you know, Joyce, you're a Christian. Uh, Marvin, you're a fake Christian, or whatever, right? Like I, I, I don't know at the end of the day. Um, 
I have indic I can use sort of the biblical criteria and read their comments and say, okay, well, are they being consistent? But yeah, it's it's not infallible. I I don't at the end of the day, a hundred percent know. Maybe it's all fake. Maybe they're saying all the right words, but actually they're not Christians. I, I don't know. So let's so let's uh, let's see if we can um, zero in on some 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 points where we can have an exchange here, and maybe even zero in on some some ultimate consequences. Um, I sent you a an article an email while you were talking, uh, and it was from uh, Pew uh, Research. So I can't I can't go back over uh, every point uh, that you made there, but I I wanted to just focus on the one about homosexuality because that one's easy to wrap your mind around. And, and just so you know, we're at the uh, we're approaching the half hour mark in about five minutes, so good. All we're right. probably going to go go over. But just so you know, good, good. Well, we are, but uh, okay. but uh, so this. Uh, Inter- uh, exchange that Dale and I are having. I asked him to let me know when we got to the 30 minute mark. I'm trying to make these a little bit shorter and tighter. Um, I don't know that I'm going <laughs> to succeed. But <laughs> I know, it's, it's just too much to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you mentioned homosexuality, and I, I wanted to just use that to highlight, uh, just as an, as an example, a representative example of all of this, to show how almost impossible it is to to come up with any kind of standard for what Christianity is, what baseline Christianity is. So uh, this, this talks about how uh, Christians have changed their views on homosexuality over time. And the only groups that look at homosexuality uh, as uh, a... a Sinful or, or or unaccepting of homosexuality, Christian groups, the Jehovah's Witness at sixteen percent, uh, Mormons at thirty six percent, Evangelical Protestants at thirty percent. Everyone else is now more in favor of homosexuality than not in favor of it, uh, and so you get fifty one percent. Uh, the historical black Protestants, uh, 54%, uh, this is a, a, uh, all Christians when you pull them together. Um, Orthodox Christians, uh, 62%, mainline Protestants, 66%, Catholics, 70%. Uh, it is fair to say that Christians today are accepting of homosexuality. Now, you made the statement that homose- the, the definitive statement, in fact, that homosexuality is a sin. Yep. That is now counter to mainstream Christian teaching <laughs> on, the, okay. on the subject. Now, if, if you are an outsider trying to figure out uh, which churches are right, and you've got a church on one corner that says homosexuality is a sin, and you've got a church on one corner that is not you actually stand a better chance of being, you're making a better decision as an outsider going to the church that accepts homosexuality. But you would say, oh no, you're making a worse decision. Um, the outsider has absolutely no way to tell. And once again, I, you know, I said at the end of that, even the Christian has no way to tell. So we don't even need to bring the outsider into this 
Christians will debate this forever, whether homosexuality is a sin or not. And then the debate uh, can move into a different room as to whether it is an essential uh, uh, doctrine or not. And these things are not settled among Christians. Outsiders don't have a chance of knowing who the real Christians are. Uh, the other one uh, that you mentioned that I'll just uh, touch on briefly, uh, I don't have any charts for this one. Um, you said that the Holy Spirit plays a role. And I would say that, wow, if, if you bring the Holy Spirit into this at all, uh, I think that you're, I think you're doing the Holy Spirit a disservice because all, all I have to say about that is look at all of the people who have made the wrong decision counting on the Holy Spirit to guide them. So we can say that the Holy Spirit has misguided a lot of people. I just, I think it's a very dangerous thing to say that the Holy Spirit will guide the, uh, you know, the non-believing seeker to, to the right path because uh, wrong paths are full of people who were guided by what they thought was the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, in, in some, uh, I think that we're, we're kind of where I ended. There is simply no way to identify real Christianity from not real Christianity. Um, and it is, it is way too much of a burden to ask the non-Christian who hasn't grown up in this stuff and doesn't have a background in this stuff to identify real Christianity versus non-Christianity. And I think that this is, you know, and this, is, this isn't the case I made, but this is, in fact, one of the hiddenness of God-style um, counter-apologetics uh, that there is no God. Because if there was a God who wanted to be known, then at the very least, every seeker would find the right path to Christianity. And clearly, that doesn't happen. Uh, and there's, it not only does it happen, but both um, Dale and I, sitting here noodling this, this idea, can't come up with a way to make it happen. I mean, Dale says, well, it's, a, it's an accumulative thing. You, you look at all of those metrics. But that's the same as saying there's no way to know. Okay, so last point for it, no, that, that's not what I was saying. I was saying there's no infallible, it, it, these aren't, uh, I don't think these um, arrive at a set of necessary and sufficient conditions. That, that's very rare to come up with anything. If you try to define energy, we don't have, you know, like the, it's hard to come up with absolute definition. But energy doesn't need so, you to know it to be saved, and God does. Doesn't matter though. I'm, I'm saying, uh, well, it matters, but okay, um, fair enough. So you recognize that it's it's hard to do, hard to come up with a precise set of necessary and sufficient conditions that is absolutely exhaustive and and does everything. We, God has given us various indicators which can identify, at the very least, certain um, certain cases. So. You, you but every one of those indicators can identify a, a faithful atheist, uh, just a good atheist who lives a good life. Every every last one of those indicators. Not the doctrines. Sure, they could. You, you believe in God? No, that's a doctrine. Okay, well, okay, so a but if well, but if you're talking <laughs> about okay, well, I'm sorry. I, it, when you said I was thinking about the fruits argument, and you're just looking uh, at how I live my life, and do I, you know, do I uh, treat puppies and babies uh, nicely and you know do I speak to strangers politely and you know do I occasionally throw the uh, annoying bum a quarter you know th th if 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 you're talking about that stuff then so, so you the can't you can't let, distinguish let me it. just let me just say this that what about remember I made the point about it as a falsification criterion at the very least they could work there I mean if if you're if you're not 
uh, throwing quarters to these bums, but instead you're kicking them in the face and spitting on them and, uh, you know, you're smashing store windows or something. I, I think we can say you're not a Christian. If you, yeah, if I you think know. you could also say you're not sane. Oh, so okay, I would well. I would say that that's also an indicator that you're not you're not a particularly good member of a humanist society either. Well, the, there are sane people that do bad things. It, it, it's it, the point is, yeah, this criteria even of the fruits is useful for something. Um, as yes, an but it's not useful so. for identifying a Christian. I'm I'm saying that I, that criteria Plus. for fruits is also useful for identifying a good humanist. Okay. So taken together, though, um, I think it get I think it rules out. Like, okay, so let's the homosexuality thing. Um, it's true. I, I I have no idea, but I I believe this that the majority of professing Christians today think homosexual. Oh, that's great. You know, we gotta we all gotta be loving and and stuff like that. But I the just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they are. So the, these numbers are meaningless. To me, um, I, I have slightly, me and David were di- sort of discussing this before the show, I have a slightly higher opinion of the average person. Of, you know, I, I, you know, David says I'm slightly above average. I, I think I'm just an average person, you know, like I'm a B student, a B plus student. That's, that's who I am. But I, I think that people are, the average person is able to read um, and assess certain things, including taking you know, scholarly level, scholars, scholars' opinions or interpretations of a verse like the homosexuality thing, you know, even to whatever degree you're able to, maybe it's only written on a popular level, and you can look at these uh, interpretations and find out that actually the Bible does say homosexuality is wrong. Now, if you believe that the Bible says homosexuality is wrong and you're convinced that's not just an error in the Bible, and yet you still say, I don't care, homos- I'm going to keep being a homosexual, and you claim to be a Christian, you're not a, f- you're a fake Christian at that point. We identify you as a fake Christian. Um, now, um, okay, but David's going to bring you, up, I mean, you're, you're okay, oversimplifying that just a little bit, though, because uh, I was a Christian, a fairly clever uh, guy, who grew up thinking that homosexuality was wrong. And then the really smart academic Christians jumped on me and said, oh, no, you're reading the Bible too simplistically. Homosexuality is not wrong. So I'm, I'm not I don't I don't think that knowledge just goes in the way that you were suggesting. I, you know, so pe- what, people what like me that, have come it, to come to believe that it wasn't wrong based on the Bible because of more academic Christians who made a more academic case. So here's why you don't just believe then. Like, did, what what did you do? Did you did you just say, oh, somebody smart says it's okay, therefore I'm going to do that? Or did you actually, okay, well, what are your reasons for this? Let me evaluate it to the best of my ability. Um, but the best of I my ability now. is never going to be the best of their ability. So at some point, I, I, have to dis, I have to listen to the case and see what makes the most sense. Now, yeah. just to be clear. I uh, always believed that homosexuality was wrong based on the Bible. I, th- I think that's what the I think that is an honest reading of the Bible and what it's saying. I do understand the academics case, and more to the point, I understand why a non-academic would buy the academics case because they make a good. They're not stupid. 
they're they're not making a stupid case, uh, and uh, you know the average person only has so so much ability to parse these kinds of debates. So you're 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 trying to set it up as if you know people aren't looking at the Bible and looking at the the academic sources and trying to understand. They are. It's just that there are strong voices on the uh, academic side who are saying no homosexuality is okay to the point that most christians now believe it okay uh so they they are list okay that's interesting i thought you were saying the average person doesn't uh bother doing no this, but... they're trying uh, okay. you're, okay. so what fair. you're saying they're is they're that's trying good. but they're wrong because they're too stupid and I'm just saying, well, they may be too stupid. Maybe this is too hard of a thing for them to figure out. But they are using all of the resources they have to try to figure it out. Okay. So if I don't, I don't think they, I don't think the majority of professing Christians are doing this. Actually, in, in my limited assessment, there are definitely some that that are, and maybe they've been mis, misled or something like that. But as long as you you know, I'm trying to make this this point. If you're using your resources to the best of your ability, and and not just looking at one side, like oh, you know, oh, this one expert supports what I'm saying, lovely, you know, like uh, th this guy's saying we should all love each other and not condemn anyone for any for any action at all or something like that, then they're doing something wrong. They're not fulfilling their duty. They have a obligation to what degree they can to look at both of the the sources and both of the you know interpretations whatever they can get their hands on and then try their best to grapple with the scriptures you know pray read it and come to your own decision just as just as you did you you didn't buy these academics who were saying yeah but I was also jokes. raised I was also raised in a very fundamentalist group who uh, you know most Christians now say are you know pawn scum so I don't, you know, I, I'm Ponscom who happened to luck up on that one, apparently, but everything else I believed was just, just wrong. Let me, let me try to, let me try to give one more real example of this. Um, and just, just by throwing out a couple of names that I know that we both know and are, are very familiar with, uh, John Shelby Spong and William Lane Craig. Now I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I know that you will not agree with it, but I have listen to both of them fairly extensively. I've read Spong ex very extensively. Spong is smarter than Craig. Sp Spong knows his Bible better than Craig. Spong knows his history better than Craig. Spong is a better academic than Craig. Um, and so if you are going just on the weight of which one you think is smarter, you would be, you would be a Spongite. But to be a Spongite, you would be something that um, you and I, I think a lot of mainstream Christians would say is no longer a Christian. Uh, but I think that Spong is the better academic. So, uh, you know, is it, is it wrong of the average person to read Spong's uh, works and then to, and then to say, well, you know, this this guy seems to make sense. By my best lights, this actually makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So, and this this is, uh, I, was, I wasn't trying to give it away, but yeah, David's in the end, he's trying to say that, well, it, it all boils down to, you just, you need to trust, make a decision because he, he one of the counters he, he wants to bring up is that not everyone's equipped 
to do the analysis. There are some people that just don't have the in, in, intellectual capacity to grapple with complex scholarly arguments and decide for themselves. And um, absolutely, he's correct on that. Um, you know, so people have, I can tell you right now that I'm not going to get specific because I know David doesn't like, isn't proud of this or what else, but David is more intelligent than I am. He has more of a duty to find out the truth and, and utilize the resources than I do. I have more of a duty than some other people that are less intelligent or knowledgeable than I am. Um, so th there is this relativization, but if Dave, David's, what David's trying, his main point here is saying, all, all we've got is just, well, if someone says, whatever someone professes, that, that at the end of the day is all we can do. You know, they, they have an expert, they just believe it. Uh, they're not responsible to look at what the other side and try to, you know, fulfill any epistemic duties to figure out what the truth is. They can, I, I've got a scholar that says homosexuality is bad. I, I believe him. He says he's a Christian. I, I'm a Christian. That's what I think. On the other side, they say they're Christians. They say it's good. Um, that's what they think. But this kind of, this is the, I think this is the wrong way to approach it, that you're not a, a Christian if you're not fulfilling your epistemic duties. God gave us a, a mind. He wants us to use it. And it's the same problem that applies in anything. I mean, young earth creationism, while the, you know, Holocaust deniers, there are people on both sides. Does, you know, does, like, would I be a historian if I deny the Holocaust and just because I say I'm a historian, would you say, okay, well, you, you say you're a historian, you've got some knowledgeable guy backing you up that denies the Holocaust. Okay, but I just want to clarify something that you keep saying. You, you keep talking about the, the responsibility to fill one's epistemic duty as mm -hmm. if people aren't doing that. And my point is people are doing that to the best of their ability. Uh, I certainly did it. And I'm an atheist because I fulfilled Wait. my epistemic okay. duty. Wait now, a second. Do you, you honestly? Okay, I'll, sorry, finish. Well, no, I mean, you, you think, you seem to think that if you fulfill your epistemic duty that you will end up in a certain place. And what I'm saying is people uh, on good faith on all sides of every issue have in fact fulfilled their epistemic duty to get to the place where they are. You just don't happen to like the place where they are. But that doesn't mean that they they got there lazily or dishonestly. Okay, so let me ask this first of all, I have a two-part thing, so don't, don't go off on a tangent here, but okay. um, are you saying each and every single person, are there no examples of people that don't fulfill their epistemic duties? I cannot judge. Uh, that okay. So I, okay. I would say, in general, if I had to just, if if you're forcing me to say what I think happens most of the time, mm -hmm. I think that people do the best they can with what they have. Now, I think that what what you might do is look at uh, a person's decisions and you say, well, they didn't they didn't do the best they can with what they have. But now you're making a judgment about what they have. You don't actually know what they have. And I think that most people uh, want to act within their own best narrow self-interest as they understand it to, to the best of their ability. No one is actively acting against their self-interest knowing, knowingly. Right? I mean, the people make bad decisions, but no one, no one starts off in the morning saying, I think I'm going to destroy myself today. Uh, I think... 
uh, you're, you're, the way you're phrasing it, of course not, but I think that there are. And I'll, I'm going to give a personal example of my, my own brother. I know him, right? So I'm not making stuff up unless I'm lying about him. But he, he has the intelligence to do, you know, at the very least, a popular level or intermediate level study of some of these issues. He just doesn't care. He's not interested in religious discussions okay, at but this not time. Caring, he, not he caring about religion doesn't mean that you're not doing the best you can with what you have. Epistemically, no, it doesn't. Epistemic, no, it doesn't. Epistemically, he has come to the decision that this is not a, a relevant topic. That does, so, you know, there are a lot of things uh, that people that are important to some people that are not important to others. For instance, I've got the capacity to study voodoo, but I have never done it. I don't have any, I don't feel like I've got an epistemic duty to. So after looking at the issues, I don't consider voodoo something that I need to study. Uh, and that and so I have, in fact, fulfilled my epistemic duty. It just lands me in a place where I, I think that it is an irrelevant um, subject. So that you you can't you know people have looked at uh, religion and said yeah that that is not a relevant subject I have looked at that to the extent that I can look at it I find that not relevant and so I'm not going to spend the next twenty years of my life studying the minutia of the resurrection that is in fact an epistemic decision. Okay, so that's not the case then with my brother. He does recognize that this is an important question, but he just delays it. He's, sweep, he's sweeping it under the rug, like what he scolded William Lane Craig for doing with the creation and evolution thing. He, he does recognize that he should be um, looking at this, but he's just, I'm, I've got, I don't want to. I, you know, I'm more interested in work or political stuff going on or whatever. So, well, I, I would say that that's people. a sign that his, that his words are not uh, aligned with his actions and that his actions are the truest uh, determination. He really doesn't think it's that important. Okay. Um, but it's not, he didn't fulfill his epistemic duty in coming to that conclusion then. Um, that That's the point. And I, I just wanted to establish that there are people, and I, I get that we're not going to agree with this, but I honestly believe that most people in this world do not Unlike you, who think that they they do, I, I think that most people don't um, fulfill their epistemic yeah, duties you know, on it's, religious it's funny, matters. When Christians, when someone ends up becoming a Christian, uh, I it maybe mean yeah. But when people, let me just let me just make this point: when people end up becoming a Christian, and maybe they're kind of a a very low level of intelligence, that sort of thing, but they end up agreeing with you know some Christian position. The Christian will come alongside them and say, "Look and see, uh, you know how much this person is doing with what he's given." And th the fact of the matter is that person might have a completely off the wall op opinion, but it it just so happens to agree with the Christian. So the Christian will say, "Yes, you see, they're using what they what they have." And when that person ends up thinking something that's not particularly Christian, then the Christian says, "Oh well, you know, they're not they're not trying hard enough." I think I think that we see some of that here. Uh, I think that in general, this is not every time, every situation. I think in general, people are doing the best they can with what they have. And uh, what you 
seem to uh, think is that there is a place where if people were really doing the best they can with what they have, they would agree with you. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that, that is accurate. I, I just, and again, I, I haven't studied it in detail. This is just my general sense from, you know, during my religious journey of just talking to people and that sort of thing. Like obviously the unbelievable boards, people aren't like that. People are interested. They come there week after week. Like, you know, we're sort of a subgroup of, of people that take these issues seriously. But I think the majority of people, um, even ones that profess to be Christians, I don't think they, they care or, or do. Um, this, this has just been my general sense of what I, what I see in pop culture what, from my interactions. I, you know, I, this is my honest opinion. So, so let, what, I, let but, me but, just ask you one last question because, and I'll let you, I'll let you close it out because I'm, uh, I, I just want, okay, go ahead. I, I, I don't, I just don't want to forget it because it's important. It's something that you just said and I want a chance for you to clear it up. Okay. So you go, you go ahead. Then. Okay. So I, I want to see if you will acknowledge that there are people who are sincere, who are doing the best they can with what they have, okay. who don't uh, agree with you because what, what it sounded yeah. like you just said was that if they're really uh, stretching their potential, then they're going to come up with the same stuff you've come up with. And I, and I want to give you a chance to say that's not what you meant. So, that, so, that's, uh, so that's exactly what I was – that was my next point that I was about to talk about anyway. So, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, here, here's the point that I want to – when I'm saying most, that isn't all. Um, I do think it's possible for someone to fulfill their epistemic duty and on specific topics, uh, at least, come to different conclusions. Um, at, so I, I think you can be reasonable. My, my shroud argument at the end of the day, it's not going to be so forceful that if you're like, I, I don't think this is good evidence, I'm not persuaded by this. I would still think you've done your epistemic duty if, if you looked at what I have to say and that sort of thing at, at the end of the day when I'm trying to when, with my main argument that the shroud is a G belief authenticating event I think it is possible that reasonable people can disagree with that my main goal is to show that well I'm at least reasonable I'm within this reasonableness range people can differ now here's here's the part that overall though um, you know I don't think that a reasonable person who's an honest seeker can reach the point of no return and conclude overall Christianity is false uh, or that God doesn't exist under this under the inclusivist you, you can't fail the inclusivist criteria for salvation um, under those circumstances overall but as to you know like some there's lots of Christians they don't care anything about the shroud they, they they're justified just based on the resurrection they think it's they evaluate that evidence stronger than than I do, and that offsets, or they have a stronger witness of the Holy Spirit, which which offsets um, that. But ab absolutely, one hundred percent, I recognize that reasonable people. There is a range, right? We, no one's going to get to, you know, fifty three percent like I did. Um, they they might be might have differences, but I still stand by the point that I think that most people are not these reasonable people that disagree. That's my take. Okay, so uh, so this is informed by your 
oft-repeated idea that um, the honest seeker will always get to the right place. Yeah. And you think you know what the right place is, and if a person doesn't get there, your only recourse is to say, well, they weren't really an honest seeker. And yeah. I, I think I think when when that informs when that's the thing that informs your opinion, you're gonna you're gonna end up missing the mark a lot, which I which I I think you have um, in this case, because I think even at a, a standard of reasonable discourse, uh, you have to acknowledge that um, it is possible to do one's best and look at the resources and still come up in a place where, uh, you know, another person would disagree. But th this is so hard for the Christian because the moment they admit that it is reasonable for, uh, a, you know, a, a person to be an atheist, then they have no mechanism to say that they are without excuse. And I think in some ways you you look at this thing with homosexuality even though i show you that most christians now reasonably believe that homosexuality is okay you would say well no they're they're now being dishonest now they were honest five years ago when the when the situation was different but now that they disagree with me they're dishonest um okay so let me let me say this i think that even on the overall level it depends on the yeah like it depends on whether they're in this reasonableness range or not I, I i don't i'm not sure that i don't think atheists if you think that it's improbable god exists then i i wouldn't say you're within a reasonableness range that's not that's just my assessment that makes discourse that, very difficult wouldn't you say but let's but okay but let's i'm not that isn't based on the bible that that's just my analysis of the the evidence or anything but uh, the strength of the evidence for God's existence as I see it. But um, let, let's say that it is true that you're a reasonable atheist. That's, okay, fine, I can accommodate that. What I can't, the point that it breaks down is that you can't be a reasonable atheist that a, that who is an honest seeker and, a pro, and passes the point of no return. Um, that That's where I'm, no, God, you, that can't be the case. God has to, if he's a maximally great being and doesn't want and can't allow undue confusion, he has to reveal himself to you by that point. Sure, but um, those those are just your givens. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. But, but, you know, so that's that's presuppositional on your part. And, well, and I, I don't yeah. feel like as a reasonable interlocutor, I have to address your presuppositions. You're not, that's not backed up by anything except for you. You're saying, well, if those things aren't true, then you're wrong and you can't be wrong. And so therefore I have to accept that those things are true. No, that's that's agree, simply not reasonable. Would, no, but you would agree with me. You, you make this comment all the time, only even more so than I, I would, you would not, if God exists and Christianity is true and everyone needs to be saved, you would agree with me that it's partly on God. If, if you are an honest seeker, God has a responsibility to reveal his truth to you 
before, at the very least, at some point before you are hindered from being saved. Yes, and I would say that the fact that he does not is an evidence against God. But because you can never actually accommodate any evidence against God in your mind, you, you just take this presuppositionally. God is real, therefore... Uh, everyone must uh, come to this knowledge before they die. And you it, that causes you to ignore the reality that your, pre, your prerequisite simply isn't true. Okay, but, so but, you can't, you, but you can't say that it's not true. You can't accept that. Do, be, do you recognize the, there's some sort of, there's a bit of hypocrisy? Because you, you, this whole show is that you can never know 100% if someone's really a Christian or not. But you seem to be saying, well, I can identify... These guys were true, honest seekers. The, you know, who, who do you have in mind? Christopher Hitchens, was he an honest seeker? How, how do you know that? Can you prove to me that he wasn't a fake? Uh, just, well, you know, I'm simply you know, saying there's no criteria for uh, recognizing a Christian. I, I, don't, I think that's a very different thing than saying that a person is an honest seeker. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to impugn Christians who say that they are Christian. In fact, you're the one who would impugn Christians who say they are Christians. You would say, no, you've got to have more than that. And I'm saying, I will just take people at their words. Uh, okay. If if they say they're Christians, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to treat them as if they were a Christian. Uh, it is. It is not up to me to define what Christianity is for someone who's claiming to be a Christian. And it is not up to you to define what a seeker is to someone who says they're uh, a seeker. Okay, so, uh, shoot, why? Okay, so I, I really wanted to ask you though, like, how would you, how do, how do you go about? I guess you just answered it. How? I don't. I don't think that everyone who just says they're an honest seeker is telling the truth. People it's not lie. Up, it's People, not up to you to determine whether they're telling the truth. Of course it is. If some, if someone reveals that they're not actually open-minded. They're not an honest seeker. I can falsify that they're actually living up to these But, but that doesn't mean that there are no honest seekers. Correct. Okay, so, but, you, but so it's not up to you to, to parse who is and who isn't. You, you don't have that capacity. Neither do no, you, right? No, so, no human so has you, that capacity. You claim, but you made a claim before. You, you try to argue against what I'm saying, that I, I'm saying God would reveal himself to any honest seeker before they reach the point of no return. And you seem to be saying, yeah, but there are eight, there are honest seekers who reach the point of no return and they've never become Christians. Right, so but, I'm but saying, how do you know? What you are saying is you have a measure of determining who is and who isn't an honest seeker. And you're okay. saying that the honest seeker is the person who accepts before they die and the uh, dishonest seeker is the one who doesn't. You've, you've created a mechanism in your mind that tells you who is and who isn't honest, which makes you a judge of who is and who isn't honest. I am saying you can't do that. There is no such mechanism, and you have to accept people's honest report about what they are. Because you you don't, in fact, have some magic mechanism of saying, well, uh, God didn't reveal the truth to you, so clearly you weren't an honest seeker. That's just something that you are making up to defend your God. But I, I think that we can identify, I mean, okay, so, so Alan accuses me of being a liar, right? He tries to find points on the shroud, for example. Um, you know, you're, you say that, you know, it's a, you think there's this conspiracy theory that uh, Gov and they, they somehow knew they would get a medieval result if they took this one sample. So they picked it from here or they, you know, there's some kind of, no, first of all, that's not what I'm claiming, but 
he thinks that that's what I'm trying to do, and then he accuses. If that's what I was trying to do, if I'm trying to mislead people by saying, you know, Gov, Gov is some evil genius that's trying to trick the world, or he was in league with the Catholic Church to trick everyone into thinking this is medieval, then yeah, he would have a right to call me a liar. I would be deliberately lying. I would not be honest. If in the same same way, if there's a, someone who claims to be a seeker, but you know, you you present evidence to them. I don't I don't care about evidence. Or have you ever have you ever assessed the evidence for and against the religion? No, I don't care. I've never sought out the truth about that. Um, or, you know, I proved to you. Let, let's pretend I proved to you the resurrection happened, and you think it's a supernatural miracle that it it's a G belief authenticating event. You are convinced it's that, but then you say I don't care. I'm not doing it. You're not an honest seeker. I have a way of determining that. It doesn't work in every case. There are some cases. I have no idea. So look, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap up here pretty quick. But I okay. let me let me let me see if I can carve out the boundaries of your honest seeker theory, and maybe we can address this in another show. Okay. Um, and we can definitely address this in another show. But um, let's move the honest seeker uh, goalpost a little bit from non-Christian to Christian. Do you okay. believe that a a Christian who says, because you've already stated that you think that homosexuality is a sin. That's a definite sin. So do you believe that Christians who say it's not a sin are honest? And, and if they die in that condition, thinking that it's not a sin and teaching that it's not a sin, are they honest Christians? They could be. Are, really? Wait, wait a minute. So you are saying that a person could be wrong reasonably about this thing that you think is a clear sin. Yeah, um, and, and you don't, and you don't think that the Holy Spirit would actually teach every well, honest seeker the truth about that? Okay, so let me let me say this then, because I might be saying this sort of wrong. Like they couldn't reach that no, point of no return and be and not fulfill the essential conditions of that Christianity proper. So, it, well, uh, is is homosexuality a thing that they have to come to know the truth of or not? Because they are teaching people that it is okay to live a homosexual lifestyle. I don't. And, they, and you're saying they're and you're saying they're Christians. I don't think that they have to have like. I can imagine a is are they Christian, Christian or not when they teach that you can they live a homosexual? Okay, they, and so and, so it's okay. Let me yeah like okay so here here's one example right so someone uh, someone converts on their deathbed or something, right? The, these the famous Christians like to bring up these famous deathbed conversions. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think of anything but, about deathbed conversions, just so you neither know. Neither do I. Yeah, right. but let, let's say it's true. Obviously, this person wouldn't have any time whatsoever to come to, uh, you know, informed positions. He might actually believe homosexuality is great, you know. He, he would go on practicing it or whatever, but he is a true true Christian in that he wants to follow God. It, if he learned, if he studied it and learned the truth that the Bible teaches that it's wrong, then he would stop. That guy's going, would be saved even though, you know, when he, when he reached the point of no return, he had faulty knowledge at that time. Well, yeah, on but we're, we're not talking about the, the mythical death bear conversion. I don't, I don't, that, that, that just takes me out of the, the, the moment. I, so the person who is 30 years old right now 
in a, in a church, maybe even a pastor who is teaching people that homosexuality is okay. That guy. Uh, is he a Christian? A. And if he dies in that condition, is he still a Christian? Is it, it, do you think it's probable, possible for that person to die without the Holy Spirit uh, giving him the right information? And, you know, if, if he does die in that condition, would you say that person was an honest, uh, true Christian seeker? If they if they fulfilled their epistemic duty to the best they could and they honestly felt that the Bible taught this, okay. So why doesn't awesome. that why doesn't that work for non-believers then? That they that they have fulfilled their epistemic duty to the best of their ability and they have studied to the best of their ability uh, and they have come to uh, you know the best work. conclusion that they can. Why? Why are you? Why would you say that that person is being dishonest because he didn't come up with the right decisions? Oh. But the Christian who comes up with wrong decisions, well, they were honest. Okay, so he. Firstly, no, it's not only for Christians. Remember, I I believe in inclusivism, which isn't the topic of today's show. But there are people that aren't Christians that can be saved. Um, Right, so, but I yeah, person, so they, this has this has to be a separate topic. But I mean, my understanding of it is they could be saved as long as they're doing the best they can with what they have. I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. You would say that I'm unsaved, so I right. uh, it, because you think that a person with uh, the amount of knowledge you think I have and the you know whatever background or history that I have should come up with the conclusion that there is a God, and I'm simply telling you, you can't make that judgment. And you cannot judge that I have been insincere in some way if I die in this condition. I, I should, in fact, be included because I would say that there are few people on the atheist or Christian side who have done more with what they have than I have. Okay, so if if you reach that point of no return, that, we're assuming it's death. It, it could not be. It could be in the afterlife as well, by the way, right? But um, if you reach that point of no return and you are an atheist... Yep, it's it's game over for you, um, and you think this is me, me being mean? Um, yeah, I think this. I think this is you. Revelation. I think this is you suggesting that I haven't done the best I can with what I have, and that I was dishonest. And that's the that's the part where we're going to continue to bump heads with. Yeah. And I, would, you, I would say you fail to be an honest seeker as to what element you're failing. It, it might be that you've done the best epistemic duty to find out the truth you can, but even if you found out the truth, you wouldn't obey it because it you know i've, I've seen well i wouldn't i wouldn't it. obey it based okay. on what i know of it but if if i should obey it then i just don't know the right things about it now it is not in fact my fault that i don't know the right things about it because i have read more books than the average person on this stuff right. i have i have dug into academic libraries on this stuff um, I have uh, sat in seminaries on this stuff uh, i i've I've done the best I can to submit myself uh, to the people and opportunities that would give me the best information. Now, once again, I'm not, I'm never going to take very kindly to you then telling me that I'm out, I'm, I'm in this dishonest category because I didn't do the best I can with what I had. I'm not even saying that I'm right. I am saying that I utilized uh, my fullest potential. I didn't leave yeah. any. I didn't leave anything on the table here, uh, and so you don't. You don't get to judge me 
there. And you don't get to judge any unbeliever. And you don't get to I judge any believer, so. though. <laughs> no, but I, I, th I think I do. And I'm using divine revelation. I, I might, I'm not even sure I would say this, but I have divine revelation that teaches me specifically, right? Like, it, you know, that Romans verse that I know you, you hate and you don't like that it says that. But I don't even have, you, you haven't reached the point of no return. I, I'm not making any claims that you are not filling, fulfilling your duty yet. It, once you reach that point of no return, that's where I'm saying, I don't care what you say. I'm trusting divine revelation over over you and I get that you'll you'll take issue with that um, but that is I mean that's a scriptural position right it which is one, but. right so because you're you're you are a biblical inerrantist and I would just have to say that I, you know I've been trying to give you as much grace on this as I can to give you a chance to define yourself but you are being dishonest about yourself you're an inerrantist and you're a utilitarian um, because every chance you get to defend something that's indefensible in the Bible, you don't even pause to consider that it might be a biblical error. You just go with, you know, well, the Bible said it, so you must be a liar. And, and that's your going in position. That's what inheritists do. I was gonna. I was gonna address that actually um, in your post because I was. I was giving that some thought um, and that sort of thing on the racist uh, stuff. Right. Um, right. Look, I'm. I'm not trying to drag that up here because we're still recording. We're still on mic. Uh, so what? What I. What I want to say. I'll, I will give you the last word because it's yours to have a last word. But uh, go ahead and give a last word. Let's wrap it up and give it to the audience to uh, chew over, and uh, we'll talk some more. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so yeah. I, I'll just end it this way. Like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want, I, I know that this kind of thing that I'm, well, okay. The show is not on honest seekers in the first place. So, um, yeah, just, just to end off, I, I do think that there are ways or indicators that we can use to make a distinction between an honest seeker or atheist versus a dishonest one or, or one that's not an honest seeker. We can also likewise do the same with Christians, people that are fake versus um, true Christians. I mean, we, we do this all the time. We recognize that, you know, these te some televangelists that are, oh, I need a new jet, you know, give me some money. Th this guy's a fake. He's all in it for the money. Um, we, we do have certain ways that we can recognize um, people. It's not infallible. We, we make mistakes. I wouldn't say that it's an exhaustive list. Um, but at the very least, we have falsification criteria that can help and serve as indicators when taken cumulatively uh, and done with, you know, supplemented by the help of the Holy Spirit and thoughtful prayer and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's that's my point. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. And uh, thank you. Next week, Dale will talk about whatever happens to be on his mind because I don't happen to have a heads up on that. You got any clue, Dale? Um, I, I was going to do a topic, but I think I've changed my mind to talk about, um, like I, I'm interested in this, um, in the question that we're discussing on the unbelievable boards, uh, you know, effective, how do you effectively communicate, um, as a, as a Christian, um, you know, from that's, what do you think of that topic or Ooh, a, a Dale topic that I would stay away for, 
so that one sounds interesting. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I, 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 I got a few I, things I to add have, to that one. <laughs> I don't have firm opinions myself. I'm, I'm actually going to be sort of, you know, I'm going to give my take, but I want to listen to you as a skeptic. How am I being perceived? Am I communicating badly or, you know, that sort of thing? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this is going to be an education for me as well. Well, sure. And I, I think just generically speaking, what, what should... Christians aren't the only game in town. Uh, so Christians are the only ones that Christians care about. But uh, that uh, Muslim over there uh, has some things to say for kids. Okay. All right, cool. But I'm happy to get run. Take care. All right, ciao. All right, I just stopped recording for an hour. That's <laughs> <laughs> usual. I did point it out, so... <laughs>